This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Bless you today. going to be a great day in the house of God. If you're here for the partnership class, you need to go out those back doors as quick as you can. The baptism, I mean the baptism class. And you can go back there if you're going to get water baptized today. All right, if you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Numbers, chapter 6. This has been our main scripture text for this series, The Blessing. We're going to hit another one today, and this one is so good that I couldn't get it in on one Sunday, so we're going to stay here on two Sundays. But Numbers, chapter 6, I'll get you a little time to go there. Just some things on this right here before we get going in it. Um, Many of you have had some sickness. We're glad you're here. Pray healing over you, and if you're watching live stream, we pray that over you too. But God bless all of you. Uh, I highly recommend you being enthusiastic about the Word of God. There's a few of you got it. You know, I think about the Word of God many times. We get excited about a lot of other things in life, and it's okay to get excited about things. Man, we ought to be excited about the things of God. So you are highly encouraged to be excited about the things of God, all right? Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel. You must say to them. You must speak over them. You must profess this over them. You must affirm this. Now, before we get jumping on these next ones, I want you to pay close attention to the, the, the phrase or the word, the Lord. Because every one of these blessings come from only the Lord. And you'll see it highlighted in here. And so he says, the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and the Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Now the blessing we're on today is the area of peace. And he said, speak this over this, pray this over them, say this over them. And so when we see the peace of God, This is talking about a a calm, a quiet tranquility that every one of us can live under on a day-by-day basis. And so when we talk about this peace, this peace is from above. This peace is from heaven. And if the, the Jew was to describe this peace for us, he would say it's shalom, the God of peace. And when we see the word shalom, it means completeness. It means wholeness. It means a a sense of security, even in troubled times. And so I believe it's very appropriate for the time we live in right now. Shalom, the peace of God. Now turn back with me in the New Testament, John 14. And as you go to John 14, I'm going to give you several passages this morning that are going to load you up on what the Bible has to say about the peace of God. And there are numerous ones, and you got to be here again next week to get them all. But we're going to John 14. And as we go here to John 14, I'm studying the epistles the other day, which were written by the Apostle Paul. And starting, you would go to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, uh, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, the Thessalonians, and then the uh, Timothys. Every one of his epistles would start this way. And the grace and peace of God be multiplied to you. And the grace and the peace of God. And so we're talking about a man 
who knew that day by day his life was in jeopardy physically, that he could be martyred at any moment for his stand on Jesus Christ. But yet he would say, peace, peace. So we're really going to get into to peace today to really, really, really understand shalom. John 14, verse 27, and the Lord Jesus says, peace, I leave with you. Now, remember that the Lord Jesus, at this time, he's died, he's rose from the dead, and he's going to ascend into heaven, and he promised us as believers, number one, I'm going to leave you a helper named the Holy Spirit. And then right here, he says, peace, peace, I leave with you, my peace I give to you. And so the peace he's talking about is, is beyond this mental comprehension, but it's a, it's a state of living. And when we think of peace in our world, well, we think, well, peace is just having a good day. Peace is absence of a conflict. But when I, I think about the peace he's talking about here, it has nothing to do with the things of the world. The, the peace of God, it, it trumps everything that's happened into the world. And it's interesting that Jesus says, my peace I give to you. Now, Jesus offers every one of us salvation. And he offers every one of us the forgiveness of sin. And he offers us peace. But how do I get that? I must ask him for it. And so that's part of the blessing that when you give your heart to Jesus, that's part of your inheritance. He wants you to have this peace. So he said, I give you peace, not as the world gives do I give. And how would the world give us peace? Well, the world says you got to earn it. If you do what's right, I'll give it to you. But with Jesus, man, it's just because you're children of mine, I want to give you peace. And so when we see this peace that Jesus is talking about here, notice what he says his peace would benefit us. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so right now, would troubled or afraid, would that describe you? So I'm reading these lines on this, this passage here about this peace that Jesus wants to give us. And he says something in the Amplified Translation. He said, let not your heart be troubled or afraid. Stop allowing yourself to be agitated, disturbed. Don't be fearful, intimidated, cowardly, or unsettled. Now, do any of those describe you right now? And as I read this in the Amplified, here's the question that came up to me. Is this even possible? It must be because this is what the Lord Jesus said. I give you my peace. And when I walk in the peace of God, it has the ability to squeeze out trouble. It has the ability to squeeze out fear. And so right now in this time we live in, and there's a lot of trouble and there's a lot of fear. And so I believe this is very appropriate that we speak on this today. So turn with me to your right to the book of Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. And we're going to give you a, a strong dose of the peace of God. 
Now, I believe right here, this passage of Scripture is one you're going to really need to highlight today. Mark this. Get this in your heart where this becomes your prayer for the rest of your life, but especially these upcoming days. Philippians 4, verse 6. Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. You don't have to be burdened for nothing, distracted. You don't have to have the the worries and the cares. And he said, be anxious for nothing. I believe when he's talking about this, that as we go along in this, you'll begin to see this. But the Apostle Paul has given us a warning here that anxiety is a thief of our peace. Anxiety is designed to steal your peace. And so when I read this, it's, it's a, a tool or a tactic of the devil to get you out of peace. And so the, the apostle Paul said, be anxious for nothing. Now anxiety is not your giant. Anxiety is the, the shadow of your true giant, or better stated, anxiety is a symptom of a deeper issue or a root that's down on the inside of us, and it just manifests in anxiety. So I have anxiety, but let me ask you, what's keeping you up at night? What are you worried about? And so to answer that, what keeps me up at night or what I worry about, that's my giant. So what do we do with this? So when I read this right here, whether it's 2020, whether it's bills, whether it's the corona, whether it's this crazy world, how do I put the X through anxiety? The Bible's going to tell me specifically. How do I put the X through anxiety? Keep reading. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. He doesn't say for everything. He says, but in everything. I'm not happy about the things I'm going through. But he said, don't be anxious for nothing. In everything, by prayer. Now, this is the first thing he tells me how to put the X through anxiety. I must become a person of prayer. The best definition I can give us for prayer today, all prayer is, is communion with God. It's having a conversation with God. I have a relationship with God. God wants to hear what you have to say. And so when I see the word prayer, prayer is the vehicle. And as Christians, we've got to keep the main thing the main thing. Now this may locate you because this used to locate me. My prayer session with God was nothing but a complaining or a griping session. God wants to hear my prayers. God wants to hear my my concerns. God wants to hear my desires. And he wants to hear yours. So let me ask you this question. What do we forfeit in our life when we don't pray? When I never ask. Think about this. With Christmas coming, many times you'll ask a spouse, you'll ask children, you'll say, what do you want for Christmas? And most of the time we get very specific. 
I want a new pair of Jordan. New pair of Jordan golf shoes that are red. So we get very specific. And so if John was to ask me, what do you want for Christmas? And I told John it was very specific. He wouldn't get mad at me. He wouldn't say, just stop, quit. Just be happy with whatever I give you. But see, sometimes that's how we treat God. And so God's saying, with, with prayer and supplication. The word supplication actually means a petition or a definite request. Now listen to this about a, a supplication. It's more than petitioning. It suggests an intensity, an extended time of prayer where I fully transfer the burden of my soul to God. Ooh, that is good. That's dessert right there. 1 Peter 5, 7 says this, Cast all your care upon him, for he cares for you. So when I see supplications, you know what God's saying? Give it to me. Unload it on me. Download it on me. I'm capable of taking care of you. Put that weight on me. So we begin to see something here. The first thing he says to, to put the X through anxiety is through prayer and supplication. But he doesn't stop there. He said, with thanksgiving, I am to express gratitude. An, an overflowing of appreciation. Man, Father God, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. I've always seen your faithfulness. So when we talk about thanks or gratitude, my thanks and my gratitude isn't based on outcome. It's based on a promise. So when I pray, guess what that is? I'm standing on my God's going to answer promises. He's going to move in my life. So how do we put the X through anxiety? I got to be a person of prayer. I got to be a person of supplication and with thanksgiving. Now look how the Apostle Paul ends verse 6. Let your, your, your request be made known to God. So if you're not requesting, don't expect an answer. And if I'm not going to God and making requests, anxiety is going to squeeze the things of God out of your life. So when I obey verse 6, now listen real close, okay? When you obey verse 6, there's a promise attached to it in verse 7. And the peace of God, whoo, and the peace of God, better stated, the passion says, then God's wonderful peace, which surpasses or transcends my understanding, it goes far beyond my mental understanding. And the peace of God which surpasses my understanding will guard my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. Ooh, some of you ought to clap. You ought to shout. You know what the peace of God says? The peace of God says it trumps whatever's going on in your mind and your heart. The peace of God does. So if I go back and I look exactly what he's telling me here, 
if I don't pray and I don't be a person of supplication and thanksgiving, I forfeit this. I forfeit peace. Now, if I ask right now, how many in this room could use an extra dose of peace? It would be unanimous. And if you didn't raise your hand, we're going to pray for liars because you're a liar, liar, pants on fire. I'm telling you that right now. We welcome peace, right? I welcome the peace of God. And so when I don't ask and I continue to worry, worry is a form of atheism. You know what atheism is? I don't trust God. I don't trust God. I want to be a person that goes to God with this incredible confidence. So I'm reading on the lines of this thing called peace, shalom. And I'm going to keep getting into this because you're going to be blessed today with the word shalom. But the Hebrew word shalom actually has a military meaning to it. And it's like the peace of God is a guard around you. It'll guard your heart. It'll guard your mind. It'll guard your emotions. So this is the way it talked about the peace of God, that it would guard you, and it went like this. Hut, one, two, three, four. Hut, one, two, three, four. And it circled you all the day long. Your mind, your emotions, everything within you. i got to start expecting peace, the peace of God. I welcome the peace of God. And so I know some of you, you got jobs right now that are very stressful. Guess what? You can have peace in everything. In everything. When I trust God. Woohoo! Clap to the Lord. Go with me to the book of Isaiah 26. Oh boy, we're getting ready to get up in a little deeper. Isaiah 26. Now what you got to do is you got to mark these. And I told you, man, get, get these passages in your heart. Lord Jesus, you, you said, you said in, in John 14, 27, that you give me peace. You know, an interesting verse for you on that is Isaiah 43, verse uh, 26. The, the word of God says to the prophet Isaiah, he said, put me in remembrance. It's not that God forgets. He just likes you to say, put me in remembrance. Tell me what I promised. Who you promised me peace. Isaiah 26, verse 1. In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. Maybe we ought to create a song off of this. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Now, those aren't familiar words, especially that last one. So when he says, we have a strong city and God will point salvation, we are surrounded by the walls of God through salvation. So when you get born again, it's like he's saying, there's a wall surrounded you. There's a wall to protect you. And when I looked at the word bulwarks, that had the meaning of, of security. There's, there's a security that comes upon us just because salvation. So if you're born again, this is you. Keep reading. Open the gates that the righteous nation, and look how he describes a righteous nation or a true people, are the ones who keeps the truth. 
They remain faithful. They stay with the things of God. They may enter in. Verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace. Not in just peace, but he said in perfect peace. Now, when I see the phrase there, perfect peace, this actually means shalom. Perfect peace. The word shalom here says, you will keep him in everything the word shalom implies. Health, happiness, well-being, and peace. So every time I'm saying shalom, I'm saying happiness, well-being, and peace. Now, when I was in Israel months ago, years ago now, in the mornings they would say, Bokatov, which means good morning. The rest of the day, when you would see them, they would say, Shalom. Every time I'd see them, Shalom. Shalom. Implying peace, well-being, all the goodness of God. So in our lives, a lot of times, I would look at people and say, What's up? How's it going? In the Hebrews, they say, Shalom. Shalom. An expectation of peace. So he says right here, the prophet Isaiah, you will keep him in perfect peace. Who will be kept in perfect peace? Watch this now. Whose mind is stayed on you. Whose mind is stayed on you. Whose mind day by day is stayed on you. He didn't say whose mind visits God, whose mind shows up when it's convenient, whose mind shows up when I'm in need, but he said whose mind is stayed on God. So I look at the word mind here, and it is the seat of man's plans, the seat of man's ideas, that he is firmly founded on the internal Lord, and this one whose mind is stayed on God will enjoy all the implications of shalom. Well, there's two or three of you happy. And you missed a good time to praise the Lord right there. Whose mind has stayed on you because he trusts in you. Ooh, I trust in you, Father God. I trust. See, we live in a time right now. We need to look to God. We need to look to God. Chaos. Whatever's going on, look to God. We trust in you, Father God. You said that you would bless me with perfect peace when my mind has stayed on you. That becomes my expectation. Verse 4. Trust in the Lord forever. Trust in the Lord on every day that ends in a Y. You get that? That's every day, okay? For in Yah, now I'm reading in the New King James Version, and it says, For in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. He is the rock of ages. For in Yah. What is Yah? It's a short for Yahweh. I came across a little thing on Yah right here that just was really intriguing to me what it says. So when we say the word hallelujah, 
The word hallelujah is rooted out of alleluia, and the word hallelujah or alleluia means praise. The word yah means God. And so when we sing hallelujah, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Woohoo! Praise God. Praise God. Yah, yes. And so there's some truths in this that we got to get rooted in Christ. We've got to speak peace. we got to believe peace. We speak that over our lives. We speak that over our children. Because God said, and you'll say this. You'll pray this. So are there areas of my life that I can uh, lose my peace? Turn with me to the book of Jonah. Jonah chapter 1. And eh, Jonah, he's way back here in the back. Um, ooh, there's a bunch of little bitty ones in there. If you've gone to Micah, you've gone too far. Jonah chapter number 1. And as you're turning to Jonah 1, Jonah is a prophet. He's, he's a, an Old Testament prophet is who Jonah is. And so just because you have a title, prophet or pastor, Teacher, evangelist, disciple of Christ. That doesn't mean you're exempt from doing the Word of God. Actually, it puts you in a different category. So we start in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amidite, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. So, Father God tells this prophet Jonah, Jonah, here's your assignment. You got to go to Nineveh and you got to tell them the truth. And it's interesting, and he says, this city of, 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 of Nineveh, their wickedness has come up before me. Their wickedness was so bad that it got God's attention. So I'm sitting there and I'm pondering that, and I have this thought. Wonder how many of our cities in our world right now really get God's attention. So it's very clear here that God specifically through his word, he gives Jonah instruction. The word of the Lord. Here's what you're supposed to do. Verse 3. But, uh uh-oh, but Jonah instead arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down to, to go with him to Tarshish from the presence of God. So do you see what's going on here? God tells Jonah, go to Nineveh. And, and Jonah has this brilliant idea. I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarshish. So guess what he does here? He, uh, he disobeys God. He rebels against what God says. And it specifically says that he, he fled from the presence of God. Anytime you're fleeing from the presence of God, there will be a lack of peace. I don't care who you are. You run from the presence of God, there will be a lack of peace. How do you know that? Watch this, verse 4. But the Lord sent out a great wind on the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship was about to be broken up. So Jonah gets on this ship, and guess what happens? All hell breaks loose. 
Does this describe your life right now? Has all hell broke loose? Just the thought. Could it be because you're running from the presence of God? Verse 5. Then the mariners, they were afraid. And every man cried out to his God. Look at the word God there, little g. And they threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. And you know what I see right here? Anxiety is rising. Anxiety is rising. They're freaking out. That's what's going on. They're crying out. They're afraid. They're throwing stuff into the sea. But good old Jonah, he'd gone down to the lowest parts of the ship and laid down and was fast asleep. He took a little nap. So the captain came to him. And he said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God, capital G. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Now this is so bad that this is a man whose his livelihood was on the ocean. That's what he did for a living. And he realizes this is so bad, we're on the verge of perishing. We're going to die. Verse 7. So they said to one another, come, let us cast lots. Now, casting lots is nothing more than a superstition, okay? I do not recommend this at all. And so casting lots would be like throwing dice. Oh, Lord, please no sevens. It would be like drawing straws. Better to understand, casting lots would be similar to playing spin the bottle. And we spin spin it and it lands on John. This is what they did. So they cast lots that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they know there's a reason trouble's come upon us. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. He's the problem. He's the problem. Verse 8. Then they said to him, Please tell us for what, whose cause this trouble has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what people are you? So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, I am a Jew, and I fear the Lord God of heaven. Not very much. Who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men who were exceedingly afraid said to him, why have you done this? For the men knew that he had fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Woo! He had told them he's running from the presence of the Lord. Keep reading with me. Verse 11. Then they said to him, What shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous. And he said to them, Pick me up and throw me into the sea. Now you know what that shows me there? Jonah knew he was the problem. And if I know I'm the problem... Why do you need someone to pick you up and throw you into the sea? Why don't you get off on your own? (laughs) But he said, just pick me up and throw me into the sea. And then he says this. Then the sea will become calm for you or better stated. Then there will be peace for I know this great tempest is because of me. So when I read this here. What's a peace thief? Jonah's are peace thieves. 
You don't want to run with people that are running from God. Sometimes in your life, you're not the problem. It's the people you're running with are the problem. And as long as you're with them, there's going to be a storm. But pastor, that's my brother. That's my cousin. That's my best friend. I went to junior high with them. See, some people bless your life when they enter your life, and some people bless your life when they exit your life. Yeah, you can clap. So what happens a lot of times, we value man's approval more than God's approval. Do you value your relationship with people more than your relationship with God? Dang, Pastor, you're tearing it up. No, I'm just telling you the truth. And I like to be around truth people because I know that people tell me the truth. They love me enough to tell me that. And that's what you ought to do. You ought to applaud people that look you in the eye and say, you don't want to do that. You can't do that. Well, you hurt my feelings how you said it. Well, quit getting all butthurt and grow up. I understand that, guys, man, as a young man that got saved, I had a guy that he would tell me that stuff. He'd get in my face because he loved me enough, and I knew two things. Number one, it was the truth, and number two, the only way I could whip him with a baseball bat, and that'd been a tough one still. I'd had to really swing. Would you have done Oh, yeah, I'll hit you in the head with a rake if I have to. See, again, when I look at this, this is what's going on in there. So one of the greatest peace thieves... Who are you running with? Here's your proverb. He who runs with the snakes, you're going to get bit. Where's that? That's Proverbs 33. Proverbs ends in 31, so okay. Verse 13. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to the land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. So guess what they do? Instead of throwing him overboard, they say, row harder, row harder. So you know what I see in row harder? We're going to do it man's ways. We're going to do to the best of our abilities instead of just doing what's right. Verse 14. Therefore they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life. We're on the verge of dying because of this guy. And do not charge us with innocent blood, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah, and they threw him into the sea, and the sea ceased from its raging. So two things. You get Jonah out of your life, and you'll get peace. And two, you quit running from God and you'll get peace. As long as I'm running from God, I'm never going to get into peace. So we begin to see some things that take place here. So i got to paraphrase a little bit real quick. So when you study the Bible, guess what happens? Do, 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 do. Not jaws, but this big whale. Sucks him up. 
Now, every time I read this, to me, this is the mercy of God. God loved him so much that he said, I've got to get that boy's undivided attention. And, and so the, the belly of the well is a place of mercy to me. The, the belly of the well, you know what it says? In the belly of the well, there is no TV. There is no social media. There is no mall. There is no NFL today. God's got you. God's got your undivided attention because he loves you that much. He hadn't forgot you. He hadn't turned his back on you. He's just saying, you got to listen to me. And sometimes we got to get into the bottom of the barrel to learn that. I found this in life. You learn either one or two ways. You learn from wisdom or you learn the hard way. I, I want to whisper this to some of you. You're on the verge of learning the hard way. You better listen to your mom and daddy. Listen to elders. Listen to people. Because if not, you're going to get bit. So he's in the belly of the whale. Chapter 2, verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Oh my goodness, what a novel idea. Jonah prayed. Remember Philippians 4. Be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer. And Jonah prays. And he prays to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my own affliction. My own choices. The things I did. And he answered me. And God answered me. Only when I prayed. He answered me out of the belly of Shoal. Do you know Shoal is a, a compartment of hell? So you know what he says here? I was literally buried alive. Thank God I'm still alive. Man, if you still got breath in you, you're still here. You're still here. Woo! And you heard my voice. Same chapter, verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And this is for some of us in here, some of you watching live stream. I remembered the Lord. God, God is pulling you back. It's kind of like the prodigal son, man, when he was in the pig pen. The Bible said he came to himself. He remembered God. He remembered the goodness of God. He remembered the mercy and the grace of God. And he said, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Man, God's just waiting for you. Hello, God. Those who regard worthless idols, the things of man, they forsake their own mercy. They forfeit God's mercy. But I will sacrifice to you. How will I sacrifice to you? With the voice of thanksgiving. Through prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving. And we see here. He's in the belly of the whale. And he's giving God thanks. You know why? I'm still alive. God's mercy and his grace. I'll give you the sacrifice with thanksgiving. I will pay what I have vowed. 
Salvation is of the Lord. Who the God of a second chance. And so peace came back into his life when he began to serve God like he knew how. So i got to paraphrase the rest of the story. I, I don't know if you like to be. I love to go to the beach. So I'm thinking about being at the beach. Man, can you imagine be sitting on the beach in your lawn chair? Just kind of chilling and checking things out. And all of a sudden, do-do-do-do-do-do. This whale comes up. Rah! This dude goes flopping out. Shelly, did I just witness that? Pastor, do you really believe that? I believe it. Actually, this is one of the, the first rewinds when I get to heaven I want to see. I want to watch. They want to join me? I mean, God's got a great theater up there to say, I want you to show what happened with my saints. Can you imagine this? So this dude comes flopping out. He's got seaweed all over his hair. He's probably got some little baby fish tied to his ears. He's all good. He's kind of disoriented. Thank God that God's a God of a second chance. God is a God of a second chance. And I say that to some of you today. God hadn't forgot you. You know, I'm going to ask you to stand on your feet. Just really sense a stopping point here for me today. Got to come back next week. I, I'm just barely dabbing into peace, the peace of God. See, the great thing about Father God is He knows the condition of your heart right now. No, nobody else in here may know the condition of your heart. You may be cool, calm, and collected. You may be able to come in here and speak in Christianese. But, but God knows your heart. And if you've been running from God, you've been running from His presence, and you wonder why all hell broke loose in your life, man, God said, come on back home. Come on, come on back home. Just as Jonah said, I remember the Lord. If, if that's you today, if you need to give your heart to Jesus, or you need to rededicate, and you say, I've been running from the presence of God. I've been running from God. God's just waiting for you to respond, but it's your choice. And so if that's you today, I just want you to step out of your seat and march down here right now and say, you know what? I'm here on November 1st of 2020. I'm coming to give my heart to Jesus. Is there anybody in here that says, I, I need Jesus today? And today, guys, as long as you're alive, you've got hope. Well, I take it again that everybody in here is in the position of the relationship you desire to have with the Lord right now. Whether you're born again and you know it or whether you're not born again and you know it. Ow. But I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me right now, okay? And you may be in here today. And I ask you this question. What's rocking your boat? What's the storm of your life? See, again, God's aware. God's aware. 
And just maybe today, you realize there's got to be a shift in my heart that God wants to grace you to throw the Jonas overboard. Whether that's people that have caused you that every time you get around them, you know, I'm going to get in trouble. I'm going to do something stupid. I've been there, guys. I've been addicted to stupid people. But even in the area of Jonas today, maybe the Jonah of your life right now is a thing called fear. Maybe the Jonah of your life is a worry. Maybe the Jonah of your life is, I don't know what we're going to do. But something happens when I throw Jonah overboard and I start looking to God. And I say, oh, Father God, I come before you today. And I believe with all my heart that God wants to grace every one of us today in these areas. And I become a person of prayer. That I become a person of supplication. And I'm going to live with thanksgiving. I'm going to live with thanksgiving. I I don't care who likes it. I'm going to praise God. I'm going to worship God. So there is a bunch I'm throwing out here today. But if you've got Jonas in your life that have kept you from serving God, and I, I desire for your glory or for the glory of the Lord, and you come down here and you say, Father God, I'm coming to the, the throne room of grace. And just maybe today, you're needing a stirring within you in prayer. What are you forfeiting by not praying? And here's the last thing. And I don't bet you, but I'm going to praise God today. I want to worship God. When they sing this, I'm I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the things of God. So I'm going to welcome you down here to these altars. I can just tell you something happens when people respond to God publicly. He he never lets me down in that area. I see that over his faithfulness. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.